0: some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, friends. I'm glad you come to Equipped to Be this time. I told you a few weeks ago that I was going to have a special guest for you, and I do. Wendy Speak is on the program today. Wendy is an actress. She's an author, a writer. She's a mom and a wife. And you know what? I love her heart. I love her heart for the Lord, her kids, her husband. I love her heart for moms Moms that are trying desperately to point their kids, not a religion, but a relationship with the Lord. You will love this conversation. Brindy has written a book called Triggers. She's also written a book, The 40 Day Sugar Fast. But this new book, this new book I absolutely loved. Her other books are fabulous. So if you hadn't gotten a copy, make sure you grab one. But this book called The 40 Day Social Media Fast, Exchange Your Online Distractions, for real life devotions. And with that, I want to welcome Wendy to the program. Wendy, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Oh, I'm glad to be
1: here. And really the timing for this conversation couldn't be better.
0: I agree. My word, we're all burned out right now, aren't we? The social media, the online, the searches.
1: The negativity, the, the, the fear-mongering, I mean, we're just all so worn out. The way that it has us at odds with our loved ones, to, scared to post our opinions, overwhelmed by different people's opinions, I, I just think that the time is right now. And also, with everything that's been going on with the pandemic and our children are having less social media time, I mean, sorry, social time, they're turning to devices gaming with friends more. And I think that we're all just sort of sucked into a really draining place online these days. So let's talk about why and what to do and how we can be lifting our eyes from our screens and putting them on the Lord who we really need so much during the season.
0: I saw a video you did, Wendy, and I loved what you said. And maybe you can share the story of that. Maybe that's not the story. You may, may want to share several, but... You shared a story just on strongholds. You're, you, you wrote the book, The Sugar Fast, and you wrote that because we can get addicted to sugar. And I've loved that message. Listeners, if you haven't gotten that book, I think, Wendy, you're going to start a new sugar fast challenge in January, right? Yes.
1: Every every year in January, I host an online, ironically, 40-day um, sugar fast. And it's just amazing if you're feeling like, uh, yeah, I know I have a, I have a sugar problem. It's amazing how many people know that there's a problem there and sign up for this, just thousands of people. And then they share it with their friends. And so it's communities of people all coming together. And it's during that 40-day sugar fast, we've been doing it for about seven years, that I always am asking the question, you know, I say, God didn't call us to a sugar fast he called it a sugar sacrifice. He called us to be a living sacrifice. So during this time fasting sugar, let's really consider anything that we run to because he wants a living sacrifice, laying down anything to free up our lives, to focus on him. And so I know the video that you're talking about. Oh, let me first say during that sugar fast, when I'm asking them, what else do you turn to? Everyone says social media. And so that's how this book came out of that that fasting season yes sugar but also social media and also amazon prime and also all the things we binge watch and also you know all the things we're we're buying and there's just so many things that we run to our alcohol i mean i think we've been running to banana bread during the pandemic they say that's the official that's the official uh, food of the quarantine was banana bread
0: make sure that if you're going to have banana bread, you need to have it before January when you go January and do, you do windy sugar fast. Yes, but I know what
1: I know what video that you're talking about. You're talking about the one where I talk about strongholds. And it really has been such a, a good lesson for me. You know, God has, has told us in his word that he is our stronghold. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He, he is purposed to be that thing into which we run for our protection into which we run for our comfort and into which we run for our salvation. And when we run to anything else to meet those needs, we're not running into the right stronghold. We're running into something that will become a stronghold. And it will actually hold us back from experiencing his stronghold. And so if you say, yes, sugar is a stronghold in my life, or my device is a stronghold in my life, that's most likely because you've been turning to it to meet needs it wasn't intended to meet. But God was. And so during this time, it's not necessarily a digital detox. It really is a spiritual fast. It isn't necessarily a sugar detox, though it is. It's a spiritual fast. So it's about pinpointing what is it that I'm running to in my stress to get me through And then saying, I'm going to lay that down because that's not its job. And I'm going to run to Christ instead. So instead of running from sugar high to sugar high on your stressed out afternoons with your kids, saying, no, I'm going to turn very specifically to the most high, not the sugar high. And the same with social media. Instead of coping with my stress by turning to social media, I'm going to shut that down. I'm going to get social with the Lord and with the real-life flesh-and-blood people. I'm going to say no to those strongholds, and I'm going to run into the one who says, I'm your stronghold. Experience my stronghold in this season.
0: Now, I'm just curious. Did you see the movie Social Dilemma? It's it's quite the buzz.
1: I did. I just recently saw it. Yeah, we watched it as a family, and I'm so glad that we did.
0: So you know that the forces against us are very... Intelligent. They know. They know what draws us in. They know. They know what draws our kids in. They know that hook. As you, as a writer, and you, as a, a former actress, I mean, you know that hook is so important. What's that alluring feature that's going to keep us looking at our notifications and every time our little Apple Watch buzzes, we stop. Literally, we'll stop a conversation. I, I mean, it happens. To, I don't have an Apple Watch for that reason because I would be easily distracted. And I would be talking to somebody and I would probably look down at my watch every time it dings, buzzes and notifies of some way. We know what we're up against. And I am so grateful. There's a propaganda element. So I'll just tell you listeners, there, there is a propaganda element to that. And so pay attention, because they're also wanting you to think in a certain way. And they're using this information that is true, to also get you to think about something else, and maybe even to entice you in another area to, you know, pick up another cause. But Wendy, when you think about your book in light of that movie, and in your book in light of your own struggles with the devices, which we know everybody that has a phone has struggles with it, but it's, it's always in our hands. Give us some practical like how are you implementing, turning it off and running to the Lord? How are you controlling it? And how are you implementing that with your kids? Because you have some teenagers. Yeah, that's
1: a whole lot of questions there. But the first thing you said is we always have it in our hands. There's one line in the book that's coming to me right now. It says, I got to the point where I had to put my foot down by putting my phone down. And I remember the very first time I did a 40 day social media fast. And I, I actually wanted to call it a phone fast, but I think that most people recognize that social media is what they go to the numb of the scroll, you know, with social media. The very first time I did it, I was giddy and goofy about how empty my hands were. And I I've, i don't know how else to say it other than to say I walked different. I was swinging my arms by my side. I was so relieved. When we do the sugar fast, people really struggle for the first week. But during the social media fast, people get happy and fast. It's like, oh my word, look how much of my life I got back. And so A lot of people say, I'd like to do it, but I can't. Either I can't because my life is so bound up on this device, you know, all my kids' school schedules, all my kids' extracurricular activities, and this is how I stay connected with my mom, and this is how I stay connected with this person and that person. We're doing church online. I've got my Bible study friends. I'm part of a Facebook, small Facebook group for parents of... Children with special needs, everything is online, so I can't do it, so I won't do it. And one of the things that I love to
0: encourage
1: people who can't do it to do is to do it. Now, it might not be that you don't open up a laptop or pick up your phone for 40 days. It might be that you take the details of the fast to the Lord, which we all need to do, because I don't give you a how-to description of what this fast is going to look like in your life. I say, hey, this is between you and the Lord. Fasting is very individual. Take the specifics to him and ask him, what is this going to look like? And then jot down what you have to do and then fast everything else. And maybe for you, what you have to do is, you know, Connie, you minister to people online. It's possible that you really could use a break. Could you schedule out 40 daily posts, Or could you lead them and say, you know what we're going to do together? We're all going to log off together for these 40 days and pre-write a couple of emails that you're gonna send out to your people who have subscribed for your newsletter and send those out and say, here's what I'm learning as I spend more time with the Lord and get those sent out via email, something like that. or, Or just go dark completely. I say, we're going dark so that we experience the light of the world. So there are ways that we can do that. But if you can't do it because you're part of this Facebook group and that Facebook group, or because you sell cupcakes, online or you help your church with their social media i want to encourage you to just, to ask yourself how much time do i need each day to do that do you need 30 minutes in the morning to see if it posted and engage with people online and then 30 minutes in the late afternoon to come back and answer questions and follow up and leave little hearts i mean if you really have to do it because it's a job Can you figure out what your job entails and then fast from everything else? If you need to find what your children's schoolwork is or do your Bible study, can you figure out what amount of time that's going to take on which days and fast from everything else? Or is it possible to say, I might drop a couple balls for the next 40 days, but I'm going to because I know I really need to disconnect that completely. We feel we can't do it because it's where we're connected, but really we're so connected we're disconnected. And so, if you would say, I'm going to disconnect, I might miss out on some things. It's going to be hard for me. I'm going to try not to miss out on the important stuff, but I might drop some balls. Would you end up connecting more with the Lord and with your loved ones? And what about the people you don't love? What about the people that you just, you know, you're doing life in the grocery store at the same time with? Will you be more available to be the light of the world, to be ambassadors out in your community because you're not at the checkout lane waiting for your turn with your head in your phone? There are just so many benefits that we can't even cover them all. But if you say, I can't do this then I say, whatever you say you can't do is probably what you need to fast. When I'm leading the sugar fast and women say, I could not set down alcohol, then I would say, oh, it sounds like you need to set down alcohol. And that's what I'm saying to those who say, yeah, I recognize I'm on my phone too much. I'm going to set some more boundaries. Thanks, but I I can't do this because X, Y, and Z. I say, well, X, Y, and Z, let's figure that out because if you can't do it, you need to do it. Your life is too bound up in that phone.
0: Now, I love what you just said. And I loved how you're talking about taking a fast from what those things that you say you can't do. Those are the very things we need to let go of. How does it relate with your kids? Because you said something earlier, Wendy, you know, your children are not in many schools across the country right now are not have, they're not functioning normal. So your children's lives for the last eight months, depending on when you listen to this recording, have been disrupted. And I always say with disruption always comes innovation. It always ushers in the things that we can actually end up becoming struggles and you would say strongholds but our kids are born to be connected we are born first have a relationship with the Lord and then with others now when our children are cut off from very things that they love doing like those friendship groups that you don't disapprove of uh, but they're the friendships group that they can't get together with anymore or it's very limited or there's always these restrictions um I Some children now I know my kids are very different and I'm sure your kids are very different as well. Some could take it or leave it. Some of my kids, they, they couldn't, that's really where their connections were. So address how you're walking this out with your children.
1: First of all, I I love what you just said with disruption always comes innovation. I had to grab a pen and write that down. That's, that's so true. And I think that at the beginning of the quarantine, We really experienced that. And every summer I always say to them, remember, boredom breeds brilliance. (laughs) Take these opportunities to get involved and let your imagination just explode and do things. But months into quarantine, we had a bit of a switch and they needed more engagement with friends. And we've always had very little time on video games, but there were so many friends who were doing video games together apart and so we started saying yes to some of those things that, you know, for 17 years, we've said no to. And I'm seeing the negative effects and we're having conversations as a family because my kids are older, they're they're teenagers now, and I want them to be able to make choices for themselves and not be controlled by mom, but to be self-controlled beyond mom because they will be leaving mom's house. Very soon. And so great, great conversation. How am I inviting my kids into this as well? The first, I think, no matter what the age of your child is modeling. And it was easy to model a healthy relationship with my phone at the beginning because it was a flip phone and I wasn't flip flopping between them and my phone. If I had a call to make, I made a call and that was all I used it for. But as my phone got smarter, it really outsmarted me because I know with my own smarts, I don't want to do that. But it was constantly ringing and buzzing. But I need to be very careful about the boundaries I put around my phone so that I'm modeling a healthy relationship with my phone for my children. I don't pick up my phone when I'm having a conversation with my kids. And it kind of frustrates my husband sometimes. He's like, why are you not answering that? Is that because I'm having a conversation with you? So that's what we're modeling for our kids. And now, the proper place, here are some of the things. I like pithy statements, short, pithy, because I think us moms, man, we're really good at lectures. We can talk on and on and on. So, one of the pithy statements that I use with my kids is here's one of our boundaries the word before the world. Have you gotten in the word this morning before you picked up your phone, which is a portal into the world and the world wide web? Do we have our priorities straight? We seek God first. And that's that's the main scripture, whether it's the sugar fast or the social media fast or whatever you're fasting, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things that you're running to, they'll be added with God's perfect will to your life in its proper place and its proper time. But if we're running to those things as though they're most important, the one who is most important will slip off that throne. I don't want my phone on his throne. It really jacks up all my life. I don't want sugar. I don't want anything on the throne except for Him. So I try to model that and teach my kids first. Now, to them, it sometimes feels like a rule. And I've tried to say, listen, this isn't a rule. This is a life skill. If you keep Christ first, then for the rest of your life, that's the skill that you need that unlocks all the blessing." And so that's one of the things we do is that when they're young, I also, once they are old enough to have a phone or they have a, a laptop that they can use or an iPad, if they're using a screen that they're allowed to use that has internet access, unless it's schoolwork, we don't use those in our room. They don't go in the rooms and they don't go in the bathroom. Now, again, are we modeling that or are we coming out of the bathroom with our eyes on our phones? And during the 40-day social media fast, it's a great time to consider these things. And we talk about them. It's broken into 40 chapters so that you're not just reading a how-to book, but it's really a devotional where we're seeking the Lord in His Word each day of the 40 days. And we're considering these things together. And by the end of it, we're really setting some boundaries for ourselves and our family. And so that's another boundary that we've made for the kids. When they're old enough to have a phone they don't have internet on their phone, which is, it can be embarrassing for them with their friends. I I really, I do recognize it because everybody else is doing a search and sharing memes that they found here and there. And my kids don't have access to that. Um, When they get social media, when they go to junior high, I've told them, if that is how your friends are connecting with each other in a healthy way, you may have it, but it's on my phone. And so only when they're older teens... And maybe halfway through high school, and they're making wise choices, and they've been an influencer rather than showing me that they're influenced by all the temptations that are out there. I can say, you know what? Let's put that on your phone so that you can start making the right choices on your own before you leave our home. And they'll make poor choices, but they get to make them and be corrected and trained and encouraged by us in our home. When they leave our home, the boundaries are healthy. So those are some of the, I'm not saying that they're the right choices. I'm saying those are some of the intentional choices that my husband and I have made.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. Have you had any of your children not go along with this or maybe be a little more resistant to or reluctant to follow along with what you're trying to establish in their lives and in your family's lives?
1: That's a really good question, and I think that a lot of moms just leaned in on it because the truth is not all kids are cut from compliant cloth, and we've seen this play out in lots of different ways, or maybe they were, but as they get older, and they're just so ready for their own independence, and they're looking at the way that the world around them gets to do it, and my oldest child is just about 17 now, and he should want to be more in control of his life than his mom is. And so they might not agree. They didn't agree when they were young necessarily on how much time they can play Minecraft, you know. They might not agree on how much time we say that they can have on social media. And that's okay. They're allowed to disagree, and they're allowed to talk with you about it. I think one of our tendencies as parents and Christian parents, maybe most of all, is the tendency towards authoritarianism, which is, I'm the authority because I said so. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I both tend to lean that way if we're not careful. But we want our children to know that they have free will. And they have the freedom to have opinions and they need to have a safe place to talk with us about what they think and if they disagree with us. But ultimately, when we set boundaries in our home, they need to also honor those boundaries. So it's okay if they disagree. It's not okay if they sneak in lie. It's not okay if they have haughty eyes when I remind them, listen, bud, we're not going to watch. a movie on our laptops in the middle of a school day. We we know that that's one of our rules. It's for school, it's for extracurricular things, but a movie you can do movies on the weekend or in the evening with your dad. So we we try to talk through it with them. But I don't want to have so much of a harsh this is what you do that they either shut down to us or that they go sneaking. Because there are lots of sneaky ways to get around mom and dad's rules online. Did you know, Connie, you're not raising young kids right now, but you can have all these boundaries on your laptop. They can open an incognito tab on the computer that cannot be traced. So you can do a search history, but they can open up an incognito tab on your Safari or whatever browser you use, that can't be traced by when mom and dad look at the search histories.
0: I know, Wendy, when I um, back in 2006, seven, is when I really started to get very involved in social media and what was going on. And the reason I did that is um, PR and marketing are in my background. And I have always spent a lot of time trying to build and develop, you know, organizations and shine a light and do things like that. And I started to pay attention, and I also started noticing one of my children uh, a few years later really get involved. I was seeing a lot of clicking around in the computer uh, in the kitchen. Uh, We were like that. We did not have computers or devices in the bedrooms when they were in the teenage years. Obviously, college is a very different picture if your kids live at home. We set different standards and expectations when our kids are older. And I would say the one thing I heard you say, and I want to reiterate that is, um, what you do with one is not necessarily what you do with the other. It doesn't mean you allow one to lie and one not. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't think that's what you're saying, Wendy. It's you have to grow and change as your children grow and change. It doesn't mean that what is right and wrong, the values that you have as a family, those those don't change. How you implement and execute it and applying it to the temperament and the personality that God made your child is so important. But I just really started getting involved with social media back in the day before it was in vogue, and I started to see the impact on businesses and as well as on my family. It made me go deep dive. So I, unfortunately, uh, when I actually went to work for Social Media Examiner, you know, I saw and learned more than I wish I would have probably ever learned. But God used that because it allows me now to speak to moms and parents about what their kids are doing and our kids can outwit us. I mean, that's why the relationship is so important. And you've touched on that several times, uh, Wendy, you haven't made this. uh, I loved how you said authoritative and authoritarian type of parents. I know you, and I know that you're focused on your relationship with your kids. And this isn't a quick program, you know, up 40 days. No, you know, we're going to fast from 40 days so that we can break this addiction, You're going much, much deeper than that, and that's what I love about this book, and that's why I wanted you on this program, because it's not about breaking an addiction to social media, because, as you've said, it is part of our lives, and there's a lot of good that can be done with it. But you're wanting people to run to the Lord. You want, when we're feeling lonely and we feel like, you know, exercising that thumb, you're wanting us to. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You're drawing, you're challenging, you're exhorting, you're encouraging any adjective possible to say, if that's the first thing you are running to is to see how many hearts and likes you have, or if your identity in any way is tied up to your online presence, or if your children, especially your teenagers, if they are finding that their identity is wrapped up in that, that that is an addiction. That is something that I know you're trying to get parents to be aware of. And you're trying to get moms and dads because we can be equally caught up in that. You know, we're isolated, too, especially I was a homeschool mom. And it's it can be very isolating at times when you feel like you're the only one doing it and you get online and you're like, oh, there's a whole wide world out there who can get what I'm talking about. But bringing it all back to some of the key points that that I know is so important, and that is God is our refuge. He is there for us. He wants to be the bells, the the buzzers, the dings. He wants to be the one that we want to run to for answers, for conversations, for filling our hearts. And as we kind of wrap this segment up, I would love for you to share what the benefits have been to you. I, I mean, obviously, I will tell you, I, and you've got more books out than I do, but it changes you. Writing a book changes you. Gets, you get so immersed in what you're writing. You, you really, it kind of like oozes out of your pores, but it changes you. And so for you to have spent this time, how has it changed Wendy?
1: It's hard for me to separate the sugar fast from the social media fast in terms of the lessons I've learned Jesus said so clearly in this invitation, come to me. Come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. And over and over he actually uses those same come to me, follow me invitations. And what I've recognized are all the times I turn to, come to, go to, run to, anything and everything and everyone else. Uh, Maybe I spent 10 minutes with God in His Word in the morning. But then I spent my day turning to other things. And so the whole praising invitation has become my main takeaway, which is he's always inviting us throughout the day. Spend time with me. Come to me with that fear. Come to me with that stress. 40 days of fasting, It you know, fasting is a spiritual discipline and the spiritual disciplines are purpose to grow spiritual muscle. And when you spend 40 days, not just setting down your cupcakes or, or sweet lattes or, or, you know, whatever it is you're turning to or setting down your phones, but you're, you're actually exercising the spiritual discipline of where you are turning. I remember someone saying, uh, I had heard this or read this years ago, that when you're dieting, you want to crowd out. What is unhealthy with what is healthy. So you're going to crowd out all of those sugar treats and, you know, crackers and, and snacks that you eat, crowd it out with more vegetables. And so that's a diet. And a diet will change how you eat, but a fast will change what you consume. And so I want to crowd out sugar. And really, social media is a false kind of sugar. You know, it's, it's, we think it's, it's sweet. It makes us feel good, but really it leaves us feeling just emptier than when we started scrolling. So we're going to crowd it out, not by ingesting more good books, not by ingesting more coffee dates with our friends, but we're going to crowd it out by ingesting more social time with the Lord in his transforming word. We're going to Crowd out social media by getting social with Christ. And then that's going to overflow in our most important relationships. It will overflow in how we eat. It will overflow in how we do life when we are seeking Him first. But the biggest benefit for me, I mean, when I'm fasting from social media, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm joyful. And when I'm fasting from sugar, I sleep better. I'm more calm and kind with how I respond to my kids because I'm not up and down and all around and all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I don't drink Mountain Dew, but you know, I'm not responding in anger. I'm calm because I'm not, my physiologically, my body is doing the wrong thing. Spiritually, I have sought the Lord and I'm responding with a fruit of his spirit in his life. So there, there are so many benefits, but it really comes because... The benefit comes when we seek Christ first in our lives. And so I would encourage you listening to just answer the uh, the very simple question, what are you seeking first in your life? What is getting you through your days? And how good of a job is it doing? And if it's anything other than Christ, would you be willing to set it down for 40 days and seek him and his righteousness first and let everything overflow from that place? It will transform your relationships with your kids and your spouse. It will transform, of course, your relationship with Christ himself. It will make you um, really fall in love all over again with his word, whether you're laying down your fork or your phone. It really will, because that's what fasting does. It changes
0: everything. Wendy, that was a phenomenal wrap-up. And Mom's and listeners, I, I just want you to listen to that last section again and the compelling reason that Wendy is sharing with you on the fast. It's not a diet. A diet, we usually return to that which we were dieting from in a matter of days. But a fast isn't. A fast is transformational. I want you to make sure you go get this book. It's brand new. You can order it pretty much anywhere. Books are sold. Wendy, you've got it in all the bookstores, right? Yeah, it's I mean, it's in
1: Target and Hobby Lobby and Barnes and & Noble, but of course, Amazon's so easy to order at christianbooks.com. And grab a friend. Of course, it's a very private thing you do, but the accountability and the fellowship as you lay down a mutual <laughs> collective um, vice, you know, aren't our devices our vices as we lay them down? Knowing that you have a friend who is also going through the same thing is really just a comfort and a joy.
0: Oh, I love it. You know, I literally, I think we could just go for a long time uh, and have circle around so many different parts to where you're going and what God's doing and and how you're equipping uh, women who, to walk closer with the Lord. And I love what you're doing. I'm so glad you were here. Please tell us where people can find you. I know you've got the Sugar Fast coming up in January, but where can people find you online?
1: I would love it if you would jot down, if you feel led to do the sugar fast, find me at 40dayssugarfast.com, and you can sign up for our next community fast, which starts January 4th. If you want to find out more about the social media fast, you can go to 40daysocialmediafast.com. However, after our annual sugar fast, um, about a week, maybe five days after we wrap that one up, Lent begins. And that's where I'm going to encourage my fasting community to join me for 40 days offline. Remember, we are going to go dark in order to experience the light of the world. So that's an invitation from me to you. It feels goofy, but if you want to find me online, (laughs) you can find me at Wendy Speak, both on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Yes, Wendy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for carving out this time to pour into you know, the listeners here that are like all of us, you know, trying to walk in a very culturally difficult world. And thank you that you were obedient to write this book that you've walked it out. And you're still walking it out. I mean, every child is you're still working on things as we speak. And as am I, it it doesn't end. And I love that uh, you were just obedient to write this book and that it's available. So folks, make sure you go get this book. And Wendy, thank you for joining me on the equipped to be podcast.